Pastor Yi up here. Um, guys, as you as you grab a seat, I want to introduce this man right here. This is Pastor Yi Zhang, and we have an incredible, um, incredibly exciting opportunity here at the Village to be supporting a new church that's going to be starting in our very own building. Um, that Pastor Yi has God's put upon his heart this call to want to reach. Um, obviously, Chinese-speaking folks in Baltimore, but particularly those who are associated with the restaurant business. He's got a very specific vision, a very exciting one, and we wanted to put him in front of all of you for you to get to know him and meet him, and hopefully we're just going to have a lot of chances to work together as well. Obviously, if you'd like to just even find out more of their story and how you can help out or whatever, but um, just getting to know him a little bit, he uh, ha- bit was able to find out some of his story. He actually came to the States from China. Um, came as a software engineer, correct? A software engineer, um, obviously bright guy, a lot of uh, potential in the world's eyes of whatever that means. Um, but Christ saved him once he came to the States. Once he came to America, he got plugged in with some people who taught him about the love of Jesus, transformed his life to the point where now he wants to be continuing his ministry as he reaches out to Baltimore. Um, so we're excited about this. Um, literally, Missions for us is like right next door. It's right here. So we're excited. So we wanted to pray for him. Just again, introduce him to you guys. Can you join me as as we just take a moment to pray for Pastor Yi and his team? Uh, Lord, we thank you for the amazing work you're doing uh, here in Baltimore City and throughout the world. And even as we have this privilege of being able to work with and and partner and support uh, Heavenly Bread Church and your servant here, Pastor Yi Zhang. And we know it's not easy. We know planting a church, starting a church in any context is difficult, but uh, especially with these unique opportunities you've given. So we thank you, Lord, that it's probably not going to be easy because it gives you more chance to show off by doing great things that we could not do, that Pastor Yi cannot do, that he would depend on you, and you would strengthen him in your spirit, raise up a good team, raise up folks who are already Christians who would join this church so that they can reach even more people. We pray for the hearts of those in many in our city of Chinese background from Taiwan, China, who who need to hear about Jesus and that you would use your servant here to preach good news. So we thank you again. We thank you for the opportunities you're giving our church to be involved in global work right here locally in 21211. Lord, what an amazing thing. So we love you. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's give him a big encouraging hand. Thank you very much. Um, yeah, I, I thought that was just appropriate just to be able to share a lot of good stuff God's doing. If you're wondering, man, that guy looks exactly the same, and I thought he went into water. I am. Um, I, really, I thought I had packed a shirt, but um, apparently I don't. And one of the blessings of being a plus size is that there's not many shirts around that I can just pick up unless you guys wanted to get really stumbled here by me wearing uh, a medium out here. So I'm looking a little soggy. Hopefully that's not stumbling too many of you as, as you look. Don't look too closely. You'll, you'll be okay. Um, but you know, it's, it's exciting as God is working in our midst. And for us, as we celebrate six years, I think the question as you hear, uh, this is not going to be a normal sermon today. Um, as an anniversary, you know, and I, you know, I love my wife dearly, 
the reality of life is that you don't always think about how much you love, say, if you're married, how much you love your spouse. You don't, every day you say, wow, you know, it's amazing that we found each other and that we get to live this life together. Aren't you, you know, you don't, you just don't do that. It's just, the life goes on. So things like anniversaries are these special opportunities to stop and have an occasion that you do think about it. You do think, wow, we are blessed. We are, and as a church, wow, God has done some pretty cool stuff here. And to also ask, um, why are we here? Why did we start this whole thing called the village church in the first place? And an anniversary helps us to remind us what we do. So for, for, for us here today, our, our anniversary, it's an opportune time to remember the mission that God gave to us in the first place of why we would start the village. In a general sense, the mission that we have from God, and you'll see it up on the screen here from Matthew chapter 28, it's a mission that every follower of Jesus has been given. This is universal to whoever. If you follow Jesus, this is your command. And those of you who just got baptized, this is your command as a follower of Jesus. And let me read from us, Matthew 28, verse 18. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. And this command we have from Jesus, this is um, at the very end of his earthly ministry, right before he ascended into heaven. This is the word he gave, and this is called the Great Commission. You might have heard of this before. This is like the coach, before you get that one last opportunity to go out for the game, this is like that speech. And rah, rah, you know, go get it. It's important, the last thing that the coach says. So this last thing that Jesus tells his followers is extremely critical. And a lot of good stuff is going on here. The imperative, I mean, the command that's given here, it talks about the central focus of this great commission. You see some verbs like go, baptizing, teaching. And these are translations of of the Greek participle verbs, basically describing a process. These are parts of a process. and, And the process, the command that's given here, it's make disciples. That's what it comes down, make disciples. And getting this is key if we are to understand what we're supposed to be doing here as a church at the village. Because um, you, you talk to people about church, and I, I'm not necessarily saying these things are wrong, but many people will say, you know, the goal of the church, the job of the church should be like a humanitarian organization. The church should be like a hub to distribute uh, need, and, and, and I, I think obviously part of our work is compassionate justice and mercy, but those aren't the end goal. Um, another thing, I mean, in the Bible, you're never given a command to grow a church. And that would be pretty shocking based on how many books and conferences are out there about how you grow a church. You're never given commands on how to grow a church, or you're never given commands in the Bible about how to start something so that Christians can gather with other like-minded Christians and kind of hang out. I mean, you're never given commands like that, as important as fellowship is. Our main commandment, the thing that we cannot get ourselves away from, what we give our energy, our time, our money, our resources— what we give it to is to make disciples. That, that's the central component of what you and I are supposed to do as a church. And for some of us, disciples, it sounds like a strange word because you might have grown up hearing about like 12 disciples and you're like, well, I'm, I'm not one of them. So what, what does a disciple mean? Another way to describe a disciple is a follower of Jesus, a follower of Jesus. Um, we've got some parents in the room and it's been cool to watch like kids growing up with um, some of the families here at church because I mean, our, our society says, 
each person is their own individual. Every, and it's true. I mean, every person's got their own unique DNA, own individual. You know, you don't form who a child is. They're their own person. Baloney! You, uh, children are like little parents. I mean, I see some of the kids in church walking around. I'm like, man, they look like a mini whoever. Or the way they talk or certain words they use and sometimes some bad words they use. I'm like, okay, I know where that came from. Because children are like little parents. They reflect the parents. Funny mannerisms, the way you eat, the way you talk, the way, the way you do things. And, and a Christian literally is what a little Christ. A Christian is like a little image of Jesus. That we reflect Jesus in who we are and all that we do. Um, and that our, our growth is to become more and more like Jesus. That's what a disciple is. And in one sense, our identity has been changed fully. That's called justification. When Jesus saves you, your whole identity is different. And then the rest of your life is called sanctification. That's just a fancy word saying becoming more and more like Jesus in every aspect of our lives. And guys, this command that that we're given, it's full of hope. Because we're reminded that God has the power to save. God is the one who has the power to save. And Jesus, as he's describing here, he, as fully being fully God, he has been granted all authority. That the charge you and I are given to make disciples, it is not some doomsday mission bound to fail. Because you talk to some Christians, it sounds like we're on that Titanic and it's like going down. And like, oh, try to rescue as many as you can so we don't have little people hanging on icebergs and stuff. You know, it's like kind of like a really depressing, demoralizing kind of like, oh, you know, the whole thing's going to hell anyway. So just grab as many as you can. Like we're rats or something. When, When the picture we have is that we have full confidence to give ourselves to God's work. We have full confidence because we have been given this assurance that God is moving and he's working. That you have been given full authority to invite non-Christians into your life. You have been given full authority to show compassion to the broken. Those who struggle with real life issues. You have been given authority to generously give to the cause of the gospel in your time and in your money and your effort. You have been given full authority to serve inside of the church and outside of the church. You've been granted authority to tell your story with confidence. Those of you guys who just got baptized, you have been granted authority to tell other people what Jesus has done in your life and and to be humble about it as well because God's plan has always been to use you and me. Um, I mean, his plan has always been to use the church. His plan has been to use little churches like the village and and little churches that haven't even started yet, like Heavenly Bread Church and churches all over history. And I'll be brutally honest, um, I like um, efficiency. doesn't feel very efficient because I know me and I know you. I mean, there's no value judgment on you. I just know us. We're not very efficient people. We're not always very even holy. We mess up a lot. Um, We're broken. We fall. We don't trust God very much all the time. But here's the amazing thing. God is going to make himself famous through broken vessels like you and me. As he makes us whole, he fills us. And he calls us his ambassadors. I would think, man, God, you know, it'd be much more effective if you just made like a magic Jesus pen, put it up in the sky, said, I am God, trust in me. This is real, not CGI. You know, I, mean, I, I would think that'd be much more effective. 
That's not how he does it. He said, I'm going to take the most broken, jacked up, um, perfectionist, hardworking on themselves. I'm going to take those people. I'm going to transform their hearts. And those are the people who are going to represent me as a church. That's unbelievable, isn't it? I, I love that. And he promises, as you see here, to be with us always, that we are not doing this alone, but we're doing it in his power. So this general command that God has given, that Jesus here gives to all Christians, um, it gives us great hope in the more specific mission that God has given the village. I think we have it up on the screen here, our, our mission to transforming our communities into attending, connecting, and serving followers of Jesus. What that means is that, as, and just like we saw here, as your life is being transformed here, our goal is that you all represent different communities in the city. I mean... Outsiders look at our church and say, wow, that's really cool. You're all so diverse and from different backgrounds. So, you know, hold hands and, you know, so make a great video. So I, you know, and I guess it's nice. It's very politically correct and all that, all that stuff. This is not about that. This is strategy for us. This is mission for us because we, we're not that big here, maybe 100 folks or so. But what I think about is 100 people who represent very different communities all throughout the city and world, when their lives are transformed, they're going to go to people that maybe I, you, could never reach. Think about how many people, different people are represented by one room like this. That's shocking. And that's, for us, our specific mission that we, our goal is that each one of you, you just get slammed. And I mean in a good slam, because sometimes you can get bad slammed. I'm talking good slammed with how much Jesus loves you, how much, how much you may have wrecked your life, how much sometimes you struggle in guilt and shame and um, not feeling good enough ever and mama didn't love me, all those things. In the midst of all that, how there's a God that looks at you and knows everything about you, and yet all he wants to do is say, I love you, you're mine no one will take you away from me. Rest in me. Find joy in me. Be whole in me. And as your heart is transformed like that, our goal is to send you out of this place. Send you to different communities that you, maybe, maybe you're the only one in this room that you would represent uniquely. That's exciting. So how do we evaluate if at the village, how, how do we evaluate if we're accomplishing our mission? Basically, your transformed life. That's the best way that we evaluate if we're doing this. If we're doing that mission correctly, it's found in each of the transformed lives going on in this room. So I wanted to spend a little bit of time doing that this morning here in our worship. Um, Again, this is not the normal sermon, but I want to hear from you. I want to hear from you, and um, I think uh, we're going to have some people passing around these little post-it notes and pens. Feel free to grab a pen if there's one in front of you. You're going to get a post-it note, and obviously we're all adults here, so if you don't want to do this, you know, you can just pretend to scribble something, write down your grocery list, and then just pocket it later. It's okay. No one's going to, like, condemn you or ask for it, but I'm going to encourage you, um, whether you've been here for years or maybe you're here for, like, first time, um, ask yourself the question, how has God used the village to transform my life? And maybe some of you are like, this is my first time. He hadn't done much yet. Think of something else, that how God has worked in your life, and it's okay. But ask, how has God, and for some of you, I know this is true, how has God used this church to transform your life? How has the church made a difference in your life? How is the fact that God allowed this church, the village, to get started here in Hamden and Baltimore, how has it made an impact in your life? Maybe, why are you thankful for the village? 
So I'm going to give you a chance, a few minutes right now. If you get, grab one of those post-its, uh, grab a pen if you don't have one, if there's not one there, and just take a couple of minutes and just write one thing down. And I'm not going to make every person share this, but what I'm going to ask us after a few minutes to do is going to in, invite you to come up and, and post that up here. Put it up on the cross as we, as we give a physical symbol of how God has used his church to transform our lives for the sake of sending us out on mission. Why do we exist? So take a couple minutes. If you don't have a post-it yet, just lift up a hand and someone will come around and get something to you. And we want to encourage all of you to do this. We want to encourage all of you. And maybe it's not so church-specific because, honestly, this church, you're, just, you're new here. You don't know much about this church. You can be more general. How has God blessed your life? How is, what are you thankful for? How has he worked in your life? And take a moment to just jot that down. You don't have to write a whole paper on there. You know, don't you, some of you driven people, you're trying to fill up the whole thing. You don't have to do that. You can just jot down the thought. And after you've done that, we're going to ask everyone to put it up here eventually. But some of you might want to share that with us briefly up here. We, we want to open up the mic and give you an opportunity to share that publicly. Because I think there's something affirming and encouraging about hearing how God has worked in many lives here. So we're going to give some of you an opportunity to do that if you would like. Maybe some of you who haven't shared before, maybe this is an opportunity for you to do that. But take a couple of moments right now. Take a, take a couple of minutes and just think about how has God used his church in your life? Maybe it's been a short time or maybe it's even been longer. How's he worked in your life through this time, through this, uh, the mission that we have here? And, and we'll give you a chance to share that in a little bit. Has everyone gotten one? Some of the pens are going to be new, so you're going to have to scribble a little bit for it to, to work. And obviously, with just a number of people in here, we're not going to have time for every single person to share, but I think that's okay. You know, some, I think if some of us can do that and, and maybe, and we're going to ask you to try to keep it semi-brief. I know some of you have a tremendous story to tell. You could go on like half an hour, but just uh, try to keep it fairly brief so we can give as many people an opportunity to testify as possible. But how has God used the village to transform your life? So if you, um, as you've done that, if you would like, eventually we'll have everyone come up and maybe in time of response, you can post it up on the cross here. But uh, as we do that, if you would like to share, feel free to come up, put it up there on the cross and then come to the mic and you, maybe we can have a little line there if, if we want to do that. Yeah, um, just actually, um, I'm a member of the Hamden United Methodist Church on Falls Road, and actually I've been attending the village for like five weeks, and the majority of the congregation there are like elderly people, and just like, what a blessing to see the younger people in church, you know, it's a blessing. Yes. 
Yeah, it's okay to clap. Yeah, as you have stickies, feel free to put it up there. And then if you want to come share something, feel free to just line up here or you can go back to your seat. That's okay as well. for everybody that's in this church today and Pastor Dan has really helped me out a lot and I thank him for doing it God bless him My name's Stancy. In 2010, uh, my family and myself have been going to Greater Grace uh, World Outreach. Well, when a tragedy happened, we found out we weren't rich or extremely rich and we didn't belong. We started attending the village in October and November of 2011, and we found out we do belong here. Everybody is welcome here and everybody's belong. Everybody belongs and everyone's treated the same no matter what. It's a great church. Thank you. Yeah, feel free to use the whole cross, sides, back, wherever you can find room. If you'd like to share, feel free to just come up to the mic. Don't be shy. Good morning. I'm Ebony. Um, One way that... uh, that God has used the village church to transform my life is uh, spiritually I'm, I'm growing in wisdom and uh, he's also shown me that I'm loved and accepted here regardless of who I am and I've rarely experienced that throughout my whole life so I can honestly say that that's what the village church has done for me that's what, that's, that's what God has used the village church to transform inside of me Thanks, Ebony. Good morning. My name is Cynthia. <laughs> I'm wet, you know that, right? <laughs> That's okay. And, um, the Village Church has helped me with my friends because thank y'all for your prayers. I went in for my biopsy, and God has worked it out. Because if it was anything, they would have called me by now. And a couple people here texted me and told me they was with me in my prayers. And that was so good, and I thank y'all. And God been with me because my husband, he was in a chair. And he went to um, the pain center. And he went for therapy, far as in the water doing therapy with his legs. And today, Peanut is walking. And he is not in the chair, but he's walking with his walker. And he hasn't walked in six years. And he has blood clots in his legs. So don't tell me what God can't do, because I saw this for myself. So coming to the village, 
has made me stronger to believe in faith and to know that God can do anything. Anyone else? Anyone else want to share how, how you're thankful of uh, how the how that God has used the village in your life to transform you, be part of that work? Um, as I as I look at that, that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. It um, it reminds me in one way that we represent a lot of backgrounds here. Um, but one common thing I found about our church is that there's a lot of brokenness as well. A lot of, and the brokenness looks very different across the board. I mean, one brokenness looks very different than another broken. You can be sitting right next to someone, and you're going to think they have the best life possible. <laughs> and they're going to look at you and say the same thing. Um, when the truth is deep inside all of us, we've all got different things that we're working through, a lot of pain. And we're experiencing this Jesus Christ who brings healing and restoration and redemption. And guys, I don't want you to forget why God has called us to be a church. Because, um, and I'm going to strip the veil back a little bit here. It's really tempting and very easy to just become a church for people who already know what church is and are looking for a church. Really, it's easy to do that, and we can do that. I think we could do that pretty well, but we're not going to. And if that's the kind of church you're looking for, I mean, you're not going to be happy here too long because we've got this mission that we feel God has called us to reach um, an area of people that's much bigger than maybe what looks like is being represented right here, right now. And our commitment to you is that we're going to try our darndest to see and introduce you to Jesus so that your life might be transformed, you might be healed. But this goes both ways. We're not going to just be happy if you're coming. I mean, we're happy if you come here. I mean, don't, don't, I'm not dumb, right? We're happy if you come. That's a step, attending, right? But if it just stays there, we don't want to have a big Christian nursery. We don't want to have a big Christian nursery of a lot of people who are just looking for like a nice message and good music and a good place to go. We want to equip you to be a missionary to people that you might uniquely be able to love and serve. Because that's the beauty of a group like this here. Because dying to yourself, that sounds like a bad thing. It's always for the sake of life. God wants to rescue you from mediocrity. God wants to rescue you from just trying to keep up with the Joneses, trying to do the American dream, trying to just survive. God wants to use you to be his ambassador to a dark, hurting, and broken world. Isn't that nuts? I think a giant Jesus pen would be much more effective, but God's got his ways. He's God, I am not. So I'm going to trust him. And I'm going to leave that in you guys. And how many years God gives us a church, I have no clue. But how many, how many years he gives us, I want to see that baptism pool filled regularly. My, this, I was thinking this last night. I, I, I was having a hard time sleeping. I w- hope that we as a church get to a place where we see so many baptisms that in one sense, we're not surprised when someone gets baptized. Because there's some churches, and this is not a put down, but the reality in America, churches are dying. There are some churches, if someone gets baptized, like you need to scrub that pool out because it's been like years and people are excited. I hope we never get there because we just, oh yeah, people are getting baptized. That's what should happen. But at the same time, there's like a wonder within us. 
to be reminded, wow, God still saves. Wow, God loves rebellious people. Wow, God loves broken people. Wow, God will take anyone with no matter what you've done, whether it looks good or looks bad, and he will make you his for the sake of sending you out to be his representative. Isn't that a beautiful picture? That, that's, what I, that's something that makes me want to give my life to it. That's something that makes me want to sacrifice so that more people might know Jesus. So can you bow your head with me for a second? Actually, can you stand? And we're going to have our music team come up and lead us in time of response and, um, and just to sing and to be reminded in, in communion and in song. But as you have your head bowed, what does that look like?